You often hear them say, and by them, I'm putting it in quotes, the gurus say that the money is in the list. And it talks about the money of your business and the fortunes of your business being tied to your email list. But what they also don't tell you is that the true fortune is in the follow-up. Guess what we're talking about today? We're going to get to the bottom of the fortune in the follow-up. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there, welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, and thank you for joining me. You have so many other ways you can spend your time right now, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to this content and this podcast. Now, if you don't know me, my name is Christy, like I said, and I am the founder of Team Podcast. It's a full-service podcast production company, and in the past couple of years, we are diving deep into marketing. Why? Because I've seen way too many podcasters pod fade. And when you do that, you lose all the time, money, effort, and everything that you put in, plus your hopes and dreams of having an award-winning or successful or whatever podcast. You lose it all when you pod fade. And I don't want to see podcasters do that. So I'm here to try to help get as many podcasts monetized as possible. It's my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite thing to talk about. And it's what I spend most of my day doing. So I'm just sharing with you some of the things that we are doing here. And I'll be honest with you, this is my journey. My journey has been one of going to a from a value proposition as a podcaster to having to switch to a marketing mindset. I can remember even one time, I can remember being on a consultation call and talking to somebody and it was, you know, I asked them a question about, you know, like, how do you get people into your funnel? And I even like I cringed when I said that word funnel. And I was like, well, I even hate to use that word funnel with a podcast. But now it's like funnel for breakfast, funnel for lunch. I love funnels every time of day. Funnels are your friend. I'm not just worried about being in the marketing lingo. You need funnels and funnels will change your life. They have changed mine. And I'm going to show you how they change yours too. So That is what my mission is. You can find out more about that at teampodcast.com. We do all we can do to help with our team, help you with the podcast production, help you with the monetization, help you figure out what sales funnels you need to build, and we can even build them for you. So glad you are here. So now we've been in this series talking about email marketing, because if you know me, you've listened to your pod, you've listened to this podcast now, uh, however many times, I have no idea how many times it's been downloaded because I don't focus on downloads. I focus on email opt-ins. So that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about getting email opt-ins to people. So I want to collect as many emails as possible. And I tell you to do that too. But if we co- <laughs> if we do like most podcasters do, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of business owners do, they collect email addresses and I talk to them all the time. And I'm like, great, so how many emails do you have? And they're like, oh, I got a great big, huge list. It's like 8,000 or 11,000 or whatever. 
And I'm like, awesome, that's fantastic. And then they kind of sheepishly admit, but I don't really do anything with them. So you've had 8,000 people or 11,000 people sitting on your list for how long? And you haven't done anything with them. So there's going to be some fallout when you do start trying to do something with them. So that's what we're talking about today. The follow-up is so important. And you may or may not be ready for follow-up. So let's talk about that and address the elephant in the room first. Um, if you are focused right now on just putting out your podcast and you don't have a way for people to opt into your email list, definitely creating a way for people to opt into your email list is advantageous and you should do it. And here's what most podcasters do. They're like, great. I'll put a thing on my box on my website that says opt in for our newsletter. Great. What are you, so now you're going to put out a newsletter? How often are you going to put out a newsletter? Well, I don't have one yet, but if I get people to opt in for it, then I'll create one. Okay. So that that probably will never happen. So you probably will get people, eventually one person will opt in and you're going to create an opt-in or a, a, a newsletter for one person. No, 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 no. That is not the best use of your time. So what I think a lot of people forget that even when you're giving something away, you, you want to create something of high value, give it away as a lead, free lead magnet. But just because you're giving it away for free and there's actually no money exchanged, it doesn't mean that you don't have to sell the free thing that you're giving away, right? Because people are buying it. Their currency in the transaction is their email address, and they still need to be convinced to give that to you. So the better you are at selling it, and the better you are at selling the free thing that you're giving away, the better you will be at selling the thing you're actually charging for. So consider it practice right? Consider all of these things practice for the big moment, the big game. So create the email opt-in, get a lead magnet, do something, create something of value that people find it's worthwhile to give you their email address for. Now, here's the, uh, the thing is though, once you start getting people opting in, that's the first step. But you also have to have places to send them and have to have things that they can eventually purchase. So many of you might be in the process of I'm creating a course or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. What could you find to offer the people that are opting into your email list today? One of the greatest places to look for something to opt in uh, to sell to an opt in as an upsell is affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing can be a lot of things. It can be whatever um, services or products that you recommend. It can be something as simple as an Amazon link. You know, think about it like this. If you found something really cool that applied to your niche on Amazon and you fit it into an email sequence and you sent it out to however many people you have on your list and said, here's what I found. It's awesome. Buy it, right? Here's the thing. Even if they click on your link and don't buy it, how long do Amazon cookies stay on? Well, they keep changing it. But for a certain amount of time, you get, you get credit for their Amazon purchases anyway. And if you're like most people, how many days go by before you purchase something from Amazon? Very few. A lot of people are making Amazon purchases almost daily. So that's the whole beauty of like having doing an affiliate marketing or something like that is put getting your links into people's hands will eventually give you results and some paid traffic on the back end or not paid traffic, but some paying customers on the back end by buying what you're sending them. So 
think about what you can do. Is there a product you can recommend? Is there something you can share with somebody that you can show them how to do it and recommend it? I mean, these are the things you want to think about. How could you come up with something very quickly? And don't think, oh, I got to create my course. Oh, my course is taking longer than I want it to create because uh, it's just it's just a lot more of a process than I thought. Stop. You'll eventually get to your course, but what could you create today? Could you become an affiliate for something you believe in and put it out there? Yes, if you could. Okay, great. Then now, now that you have a product or something that you can ultimately sell to them, now you're ready. You've got your opt-in working. Now you have somewhere you can send send them eventually to purchase something. You have a way to eventually get a cash register on the the transaction at the end of your follow-up funnel. So now is time to build your follow-up sequences. And your follow-up sequences, depending on what you've been doing with your email list, I will tell you that the, the people that do this heavily for a living never stop following up. They follow up and follow up. And then they just keep like, there are some of them, that potentially all they're doing instead of launching brand new campaigns is just adding to their follow-up sequences. And these can go as long as, I mean, you can have people follow up as, I mean, there's no time limit on how often you can follow up with people, but you could potentially follow up for 60 days, 90 days more, even have a a follow-up plan for an entire year after someone gets on your email list. And along the way, you're going to do different things in different emails. Now, we've talked about a follow-up sequence of like a Seinfeld um, sequence, and that was just sort of, they also call it a soap opera sequence, (laughs) soap opera secrets. So I can't say it. Soap opera sequence. There you go. If I slow down and think about it, I can do this. And it will give you them a basically a way for you to stay in touch with your email list. We'll give them little anecdotal things that are happening along the the way. Lessons, you know, Seinfeld's famous for being a show about nothing, right? And so that's kind of the whole point is that you're taking little mundane daily things that you're doing every day and drawing business lessons from them. So you can do that. Anyone can do that. So we've talked about these different sequences. Now, I was on a, a special training the other day through uh, the Russell Brunson mastermind that I'm in. And it was um, Yada Golden is a email copywriter and she kind of does this for people. And what she did is she shared um, a couple of different types of campaigns. And it depends on where you are in your um you know, what you've been doing with your list. She has a, what she calls, and this is trademarked with her, it's called a subscriber reviver campaign. And it's three days and three emails. It's effective. And then from there, you can continue doing whatever follow-up you want with your, your list. She also shared a warm-up campaign, and this is where many of you are. Uh, many of you are in the warm-up campaign sequence because you've just now started getting people to opt in on your email list, and so now you have to warm them up. So I'm going to tell you basically what an email list warm-up campaign is. It's a six-day 
And by six days, I don't necessarily mean you have to uh, drip it out. Whenever we say, um, and, and just trying to think about everyone at different levels, whenever I talk about a campaign, Within email providers, um, this there, there's two different categories. They call it a broadcast email or a email campaign, which is basically where you go into your software and you're like, hey, I want to email my list about something. And normally that is a sort of like a one and done thing. Maybe you're sending out information about a newsletter. Maybe you are doing something else, but it's sort of a broadcast or a uh a single campaign is just like, it's like a one and done thing. But what a follow-up sequence is, is basically you are setting up, and you've probably heard this term before, an autoresponder sequence. And most of the time, you can't be just on the basic levels of like a MailChimp or whatever. You got to be on a paid level of a email service provider. Um, and I can recommend some to you if you want. I'm big on Active Campaign and I'm big on ClickFunnels and I can give you all the information why. And um, I'm an affiliate for both of those. And I will tell you with Active Campaign, uh, they've got a lot going on and they are coming out with a lot of really cool things in beta too. So I'm very excited about where they're headed. But Beyond that, you have to be on a paid program most of the time with these email providers to provide to or to set up this autoresponder sequence. And it's called, also called a campaign. It's also called a follow-up funnel. Uh, different people name it different things, but it's all the same thing. So basically what, what would happen is with an autoresponder sequence, everything has a trigger. So someone opts into your list. And you have this conditional logic with the funnel that says, okay, if they opt in today, then this is the email that goes out to welcome them to the list. And then one day or two days or three days, whatever time frame you feel is appropriate, after they opted into your email list, this is the next email that's going to trigger. So it's like you, the opt-in goes and it triggers a, a response. And then time passes, you wait so many days, one day, two day, three days, whatever, I don't know, every market's different and every email list is going to be different. I would say, uh, pace yourself. <laughs> this is for the long haul. This is not about bombarding your list and making people regret putting <laughs> putting their email in to your opt-in. So definitely um, you've got some time that it's going to wait a certain amount of days and then it's going to trigger and fire off the second email that you've set up. So you set all of these things up ahead of time and then so many days would go by and it would trigger another email that would go out. And it just however many you can have as many delays or wait times in between emails being sent, you can have as many as you want. Some people just go into their follow-up sequence and they add a new follow-up every single week and it sends out after. And so what happens with these email responders, these autoresponders is, if I opt in for your list today and someone opts into your list next week, it bases all of the triggers on when I opted in or whenever they opted in. So if I'm on days, you know, if I've opted into your list seven days ago, by now I've probably gotten uh, several emails and someone else that just opted in today is starting over at the beginning of the sequence. So it's just a uh, automated sequence and you set it up in the beginning, you write it out, you write all your emails, you do all your copies 
copy and you get it all set up, you make all your offers, and then it begins to drip out as people opt into your email list. So once you have it in place, it's a really cool thing to sort of be able to then uh, go ahead and ramp up the money that you're spending on your opt-ins because at that point in time, you now have a follow-up sequence where you can actually potentially make money on the back end. Okay. So that's that's what a warm-up campaign is, or that's what a follow-up uh, sequence is, a, a autoresponder. There's multiple names for it. So wanted you to be aware of that. So this particular um, framework that, that Yada shared is called a warm-up campaign. And it would be for people that are new to you, maybe even people that are um, not as familiar with you. If you haven't been as I don't want to say as transparent is not the right word, but if you, ha- if you haven't been as open, I think a lot of times what we do, um, especially, I don't know why, especially sometimes as women, we ha- if you're a woman, we I feel like a lot of times women have a really hard time talking about themselves. And so we just talk about the value we can bring. We talk about our product. We talk about what we can do for you. But it's a little harder to get to know us as a person. And so um, that that is sort of where this warm-up campaign comes. You you probably have heard before that people buy from people that they know, like, and trust, right? KLT. They know, like, and trust. And this is allowing people to kind of get the first three of those. Well, there are only three, but the first of those out of the way. So the first email is going to do part of it. And then the second email just builds on it. And by the end of the email sequence, now they know, like, and trust you. You are their trusted advisor because you've given them value. And now you can proceed putting them into potentially another follow-up funnel for something else that you're doing or selling. So let's talk about this. I told you it was a six-day sequence. And so that means it's a six-email sequence. So each day, and it doesn't have to be chronological 24-hour days, I could have this six-day sequence drip out over the course of two weeks. I could have this six-day sequence drip out over the course of a month. And basically, um, it would be like every five days, they're getting an email from me. So what are you going to put in these emails? And that's where we struggle sometimes. It's like, what do I tell people? What, what will people care about? There's a whole science and there are people that specifically do this full time for a living is they, they're experts on email marketing. So the best thing that I can do is listen to what they do as their full-time income and as their expertise and borrow as much as I can from what they're doing that will also help me succeed. So day one, all you're going to do is basically talk them, explain to them who you are, what you're all about. This is sort of like what you're all about is sort of putting that, drawing that line in the sand, putting that stake in the ground. Here's what I'm for. Here's what I'm against. You know, that those types of things, because those types of statements either draw people to you or they push people away. And that's actually what you want. So you're going to talk about who you are, what you're all about, why you are here now doing what you're doing. Maybe there's an origin story that you need to tell. Wrap a story around all of these components. You know, who we are today and what we're all about today and why you're here and now doing what you're doing is not the same story as like even for me where I was five years ago. You've probably changed too. And so that evolution and that journey of getting you from there to here 
is what people are concerned about. Because here's the thing. The truth is, I'm here where I am five years into my journey right now. But most of the time when I'm talking, I'm talking to people that are probably somewhere earlier in their journey than I am. They're probably people that are wanting to be um, full-time working in their own business or wanting to be making enough money from their podcast to not have to work another job. So I'm talking now to that person that I used to be. So it's helpful for that person that's hearing my story to be able to say, oh my gosh, they were exactly here from now. Now I'll give you a personal example of this. Um, I have I have always struggled with my weight. Part of it is because I am not very tall. So when you're vertically challenged, and we always say, I always joke and say, my family's from good, healthy peasant stock, or we're just stocky people, right? So it's always been a struggle for me. And I, you know, I majored in health and physical education in college. I was an athlete. I loved playing sports. I was a coach, all these kind of things. So I know what to do to gain, you know, to, to lose weight. I know what to do to gain weight. I know what to do to stay healthy. I, I know all of these things. But the, the funny thing is, um, many times I have to pay people to keep me accountable because it's not the knowledge that gets me there. It's actually the doing. And so, there was a time um, a while ago before I moved even to the Keys that I paid a trainer to really basically they would work out with me twice a week. And, you know, I lost a bunch of weight and got in much better shape and felt really, really good. And the interesting thing was I can remember talking to that trainer and the trainer literally, if she weighed 100 pounds, I would have been surprised. Maybe with like hoodies and full tennis shoes and like full winter workout gear, she might have weighed 100 pounds. But she's just built, it was just built in a way that she was a going to be a tiny person from that's just her makeup. And I remember asking her at one point in time, have you ever struggled with your weight? And she said, no, no, I've always been this then. And I immediately knew that she didn't understand anything about my struggle. She didn't understand anything about where I was because she's never been there. Now, that is also part of why there's a guy, what's his name, Drew? I think his name is Drew, that does fit to fat to fit, right? He was a fitness trainer. He went and really gained like some ridiculous amount of weight, like 50, 60 pounds in a matter of just a few months so he could be fat and understand what it was to be fat. And then he had to go through the struggle to lose it again. So that solidified his place in training and personal development and, and, you know, health and fitness because he now could relate to the people that he's been. So you don't ever want to follow people and find out, you know, oh, they were, you know, they're a a trust fund baby. They were millionaires from the beginning. And now they're going to sit here and tell you how to become a millionaire. Well, they did nothing to become a millionaire, right? They did nothing to become a huge business owner or whatever. So you don't want to, like, there's story is not going to draw you to them. They might have some good advice, but what are you going to be drawn to? If you're going to, man, if you're like me, whenever I see someone that was a teacher and now they're a, you know, online digital nomad and they make millions of dollars a year doing whatever it is their niche is online, like that speaks to me because I was that teacher. 
I was that, you know, person that was struggling in a job, in a corporate job and feeling like I wasn't being paid enough. And that, you know, whenever they came to you once a year and told you all the things that you did well in the annual review and all the things you needed to work on. And then they're like, congratulations, you get an extra 27 cents an hour. You know, that's like that gets to me because I was that person. So the more about your origin story and what got you where you are now, why are you here who are you? What are you all about? What is your vision? Who do you want to help? And wrapping a story around each one of those things is really going to go far with your email list. Day two, you're going to talk in day two about what it is that you do for people. Don't get caught up on the techno babble. Don't use industry specific terms because you might be talking to someone who's not there yet. And you don't want to turn them off. You don't want to push them away. You want to explain exactly what you do for people at a fourth grade level. Many times I see websites and whenever I, I look at them and, and I, I read all of their buzzwords and all of their copy and I still really don't know what it is they do for people. I'm guilty of the same thing because I've had people, I have a, on my website, I have a phone number and I've had people call me before. And if they don't know me, they call and they're like, okay, so what exactly is it that you do? And whenever that happens, I know I have failed because I haven't laid out exactly what it is we do for people. So very simply explaining what you do for people on a fourth grade level you want to also weave in the stories of when you realized whatever it is that thing you do for people was a problem for people. You know, for me, I'll tell you when I realized monetizing podcasts was a problem for people. It was a problem whenever they would call me up and say, Christy, I've enjoyed working with you, but I'm going to have to stop my podcast. This just hasn't made any money. I got an email, in fact, two weeks ago from a client who has four years into podcasting. And she's like, I've got to monetize this podcast by the end of September. I'm going to have to shut it down. It's just taking up too much of my time. It's just, I've, you know, she hasn't been focused on monetizing it at all for the past four years, but suddenly she's given herself 30 days to do it. But even then, when I said, great, I'd love to help you do that. Here's my link to schedule a link with me. I mean, schedule a link, schedule a conference call with me to figure out what you can do to have my ideas for your monetization. Have they done that? No. So what does that tell me? They're not really interested in monetizing. Like they want me to hand them a gift of monetization. But if that means I have to do any extra work or any extra effort, then they're not going to do it. I had a client one time that was, you know, wanting to, she, she had been podcasting for a couple of years and she had done weekly podcasts and her exact words to me were, I'm looking to do less podcasts and actually make money doing fewer podcasts. So I'm not looking to do more work. I'm not looking to do more podcasts, but I just want to make money on what I'm doing right now, except I'm only going to do half of it that I'm doing because I'm going to go from four shows a week, uh, four shows a month to two shows a month. So if, if you will not do the work to get people to understand where your solution is, then they've got to see where you came from. They've got to see how you made that revelation, how you made that discovery. So for me, seeing all these people pod fade, seeing all these people have no clue at all how to monetize, and then all this, these podcasters getting mad when someone with a marketing background comes in and starts a podcast, not for their love of podcasting as a medium, but because they know it's the best way to get in front of their audiences, 
they got really mad because they were people that were monetizing their podcast right away. And how dare you think about monetization before you've even built your platform yet? What are you thinking? That's just disingenuous. That's terrible. No, it's not terrible. That's what happens, right? That's how people do this. So this is just clear, simple language. Explain it on a fourth grade level. Explain how you found the solution that you now create and teach and show other people how to do. When did you come to the realization that what you're doing right now is what you're meant to do? I have another client that her world changed very much whenever COVID hit and then the George Floyd thing happened. And she became very, very focused on making being an agent of change as much as possible and shifting the narrative and helping us navigate the uh, sticky racial issues and even confronting our own racial biases and things like that. So she basically stopped doing all the other things she was doing and said, this is what my focus is. This is my, this is my mission in the world now. And she had an epiphany and a revelation. Sharing that sort of thing with your audience is going to help them understand more about you. So that day two is basically what it is that you do. Day one was focused on who you are, what you're all about, why you're doing what you're doing in a story. Day three, now you're going to get a little more specific. How exactly does what you do work for people? How did you figure it out? How did you know that what you do for people and the solutions that you're training people to do and teaching people, how did you know it would work? Was there things that you, or were there things that you had to start or stop doing in order to get the results that you're getting right now? Hmm. Sometimes the starting and the stopping is all about mindset. What did you have to tell yourself? Find an emotional reason that sets you apart from the rest, right? Everybody else that's teaching this came, came to it in a different way, and they're going to attract people that are drawn to their way but you can attract people because of the way you were drawn to this. That's day three. How exactly does what you do work? And how did you figure it out? Day four, how did you earn it or learn it? In other words, where you are now is very different than where you were however many months or years ago before you found this problem that you're fixing for people. So how did you learn it or earn it? For me, I learned it and I, I earned it from working with podcasters and seeing their struggles and hearing the questions they ask me on calls and hearing the questions they ask me whenever they're setting up a podcast to know how to monetize it. And at the same time, I learned it by realizing it was an issue and going and spending tens of thousands of dollars trying to get to a point where I understood and knew that marketing and getting podcasters to embrace marketing, and I'm not talking about social media marketing, but embracing the marketing aspect and the funnel building aspects, I knew that once they could get their hands around it, this makes sense. If I, if, if I think about it, I have podcast, I literally have podcasts that have been with me since day one of their show. And it's five years later, 
Like they have been podcasting five years weekly and have never monetized their show. And the thing about being with me for five years is five years ago, I didn't know how to tell you to monetize. Now I do know that you have to monetize in order to make this sustainable, right? And so when I went back to try to learn what I needed to learn, it made me realize that if I knew then, back when I started what I know now, I would have set those clients up on a system where we're building a funnel for them every single quarter, an evergreen funnel for something that they're selling. And we would just be able to run, to constantly have those funnels running and be driving traffic to them. Now, that would mean each one of those podcasters would have four funnels a year, right? If they've been podcasting five years, they would have 20 different funnels that were running. 20. Think about it like this. What if those four funnel or those 20 funnels were only generating $50 a day on each one of them. $50 a day is not a lot to generate for a funnel in a day. Many times that's one sell or sale or an upsell within a funnel in a course of a day. But if you have 20 funnels running after five years of podcasting and they're only making $50 a day in those funnels, do you understand that that is $1,000 a day that you would be getting? from the funnel. That's crazy, right? So that means automatically you've now have $365,000 of passive income a year. Would that be all right? It's a whole lot better than where most of them are with five years in. They have nothing and they're still paying out of their pocket every month to get their podcast done. So these are the things that I have learned and realized. And I'm like, oh my God, who was, who, and who was I before I knew all this? I was the same place they are right? And who have I become since I learned this? I now know that I have the ability to change the trajectory of podcasters' lives. Most of my clients that came to me with a podcast that wanted to monetize it, I would say by and large, most of them are not making a half a million dollars a year at their jobs or in their private practices or whatever that they're doing. Most of them are not. So for many of them, if I had set them up that way from the beginning and charged them for those services and had them working on something bigger than just the podcast to get, get the traffic to of that podcast going somewhere that was their entity that they could benefit from, many of them would be able to virtually shut down their client work, close up their brick and mortar business, close up their private practice, and they would be able to be lifestyle independent. They would be able to be location independent. They would be able to be uh, laptop, digital nomad, whatever you want to call it, lifestyle where they can plan and architect the life they want. They can live anywhere they want as long as there's a good internet connection. But you know what? I didn't do that. So now I have to go backwards and I have to begin working with those people to try to get them to the point where they can monetize. So day four, how did you earn it or learn it? Who were you before you knew all of this information? Who have you become since you learned all this information? And then you can also highlight any internal or external changes that have taken place within you 
since you came about to this new way of thinking? Pretty easy to identify. Day five, who do you do what you do for? Talk about your ideal client, what questions they might have whenever, every time you talk to them. How do you know when a client is a good fit for you? How do you know when you have the perfect client right in front of you? What kind of results? If you have your perfect client, what kind of results can you get them? This is where you can even give testimonials or case studies about people you've worked with that you've had success. Pretty easy, right? Day six, now you're bringing it a little more personal, a little more home. How can you do it for them? Go back to the mission that you initially started out, started with. And then you want to future pace all of your language. So what would it be like if you could do the same result for them? Paint an overview of what their lives would look like. You can even give them an overview of the value ladder that you've set up for your business. You know, that your ideal client ultimately is the premium client that wants to work with you. And anytime you offer something, they're, they're there to take advantage of it because they want to learn what you have to say. You can also talk, whenever you talk about your ladder of your value ladder, what, what your steps are. So if you start out with do it yourself and you're, you're training people how to do it themselves, that's a course or a, a group or something like that that you presented. Then you might have a done with you service, right? Where you basically do it with them. And then you might have a done for you service. So you present all of those options and even then how they can get started because your your ideal clients and your people on your email list are all going to fit into one of those categories, right? They either want it done for them. They either want you to do it with them and show them how, or they want it completely done for them. I said that twice. They want to either do it themselves, but they need your knowledge to do it themselves. They either want you to do it with them and show you how as you go along, or you want to do it for them. So the do it for you is probably the premium client, right? That's going to be basically paying you to get everything done. But you want to present how any of them can get started working with you on whatever levels they are. So after this six-day email sequence to somebody new into your email uh, list, you are now someone that they feel more like they know and like and trust. If they've, if you presented any copy that resonates with them and provided value that made you relate to them, um, you're now the trusted advisor. So they're going to ask you, well, Christy, what do you think I should do? I have people ask me that all the time. What do you think I should do about this? Christy, can you look at this? Christy, I was thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? I'd love to know your thoughts about this. <sighs> Whoever knew anyone would want to know your thoughts, but they do. They want to know what you think about it, what your experience has been. Christy, have, I just got an email from this. Have you heard about this? Have you got any experience with it? I'm getting these questions all the time. So why am I not creating and doing things to help people get to that next level with me? See, I've got to do it for my business too, right? Because I came from a value-based stuff, you know, that value-based proposition. Now I've had to learn everything. And now I'm just getting to the beginning of my own business execution phase, right? I've This year has been all about paid traffic, all about lead generation, all about all of these things to grow and scale my business. 
but I'm having to do it now. This is five years in six. I'm on the sixth year now, six years in. I'm just now doing some of these very basic things that most people start the first year they start their business. So understand, I'm not that far off from where you are. I might know a little more about it, but I'm still having to execute and do all this myself as well. So I'm having to add team members on to take care of some of these things to get us up to speed so that we can then continue to grow. So if you're in the situation where you're now collecting emails and you don't have a a product or something, you can sell them. What you would want to do is go ahead and find that product. The quickest way to find it is an affiliate product or something that you can sell. Now, even within these emails that I just talked about, the warm-up campaign, there are plenty of opportunities as you're telling a story. If there is a book or there is a person or whatever that you're referencing that was impactful in your journey, it's a great time to put a link to that book. Or if you have an affiliate offer from that person or there's something they have that you're promoting for them where you can get a commission, it's a great time to throw that in there as well. So don't be afraid to use the the, the affiliate programs and the things that other people are creating. Everything doesn't have to come from you and everything you create doesn't have to be completely brand new either. So that's how you begin to get people to the point where they're paying you money. Now, you also have to remember most people that even if you're having to do paid traffic on the front end, if you put a dollar into paid traffic for your email list and you end up getting a dollar back out during the campaign, then you have a break-even funnel. But what's happening is basically it's costing you nothing to get people on your email list. If you put take that same email list that you got a dollar back from on the funnel and then you put them into a follow-up sequence and now within 30 days, you're now able to get $2 out of that person. You now have a profitable funnel, right? And so you want to keep going in that direction. So basically now what that means is you could potentially spend up to $2 to get a new person on your email list, right? Not just one dollar and hope you break even. So there's there's a mathematical component to all of this. And I hope that you will begin to get your sequences in order. I'm working on it with my own stuff. And there's so much that I have got as far as low hanging fruit to fix about all of these things that I've just set up within the past year too. So get your email list opt-in up there, sell it. It's even though it's a free opt-in, you still have to sell it. Then go ahead and Find a product or something that you can sell to immediately get some cash coming in from the people that are on your list, right? Because if they can pay to be on your list, that's a good thing. If they can make money for you within 30 days of coming on your list, that's even better. And then 60 days out, how much how much more can you have you gotten out of them? That's the whole goal. And then... Once you have those things going, then you can begin optimizing it and putting them into different funnels. Maybe you now have your product up and going. Maybe you now have a course, but you can now just keep growing your list, knowing that you have a way for this machine to run as long as it needs to in order for you to have your final product ready that you're going to sell. Not your final product, but your product that you're working on. Then you have a bigger list to market it to. So that's what the whole goal is. And then you just do it again and again and again and again. And the cool thing is you could potentially, I see marketers that do this all the time. They kind of know the profile of their person. Like if your profile is a business owner 
and that's who you want to work with, they put out lead magnets for all the different niches of business owners. Maybe there's manufacturing or industrial, or maybe it's a, you know, service oriented businesses or uh, professional services or whatever, but they, they go grab URLs and create a lead magnet specifically to get those people to opt into their email list. And then they segment their email list in a certain way, but now they know they've got all of their niches covered. Because when you can talk to somebody specifically about their type of business, it's a lot better than talking in generalities. So anyway, that's just a tip from uh, some of the people that I, what I've observed people are doing. So I hope this has been helpful for you today. I know it's gone a little bit long. Um, I've never been short on words, so I hope you get something out of it. But more important than getting the knowledge is actually doing the implementation. So that's what I'm hoping you will do. And that's what I can't wait to see the results from. So if you want to talk more about podcast monetization, please come join us in our free Facebook group. It's called Podcast Monetization Secrets on Facebook. I've also got in the process of preparing a podcast monetization summit for October 15th through the 17th. So more information coming on that very quickly. We've got speakers lined up and they're going to blow you away with what they're doing and how they're monetizing their podcasts. And you guys, these are all people that are doing it. Many of them are my own clients that are monetizing that I'm going to ask them to share what they've done to monetize and exactly how they did it. And you'll find even with something as generic as, you know, one type of, of, of uh, monetization, that there's a lot of different takes on it and a lot of different spins on what you can do with it. So it's going to be amazing. October 15th through the 17th. Stay tuned. More details forthcoming. And I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for spending time with me. here. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.